Hello, welcome to another weekly from the Rookery End. Uh, we are lifelong Watford fans, season ticket holders in the Rookery End, and uh, these podcasts are our take on life as a Watford fan. My name is John. Uh, with me tonight is Geordie. Hello. And Mike. I survived Slipknot. Yay. <laughs> it was good to see your first tweet after that. I did worry, I did worry. Um, but did you have a good weekend? It's Valentine's Day. Did you get that, that card from John Eustace? He got mine, I'm certain, uh, and the and the two dozen red roses, and the cuddly toy, and the poem um, that was written in my own blood. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't get a message, but just seeing the the occasional picture of John is is enough for me. It keeps my uh, keeps the uh, heart pumping and the romance alive. <laughs> it was a, a good, loving weekend for Watford. Uh, win away at Crystal Palace. Um, start off, Mike, with some controversy, but um, a great refereeing decision. Yeah, you say controversy. I don't think. There's much contra- not much controversial about it at all. It was a good uh, refereeing decision. It good that we benefited from it. Um, I was really, really pleased because it came after a couple of weeks of me starting to lose faith a little bit with, with refereeing and the laws of the game. It seemed to be a little bit haphazard. Who gets yellow cards, when and what for? Uh, there have been a couple of high-profile refs not really explaining decisions very well. And I thought, you know, the game really is going, going a bit funny. And then finally, 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 we got a, a decision because... It, you see it all the time, don't you? At corners, our own players do it, opposition players do it, it's on TV, everyone picks up on it and says, oh, they never get given though, and and that seemingly is the end of it. Well, at long last, finally a ref's had the, the spuds to do something about it. Luckily, we benefited from it, but I think there's a wider issue here, which is good to see one of the most annoying things in football picked up on. Um, and it was great, and I think... I was worried that after the game we'd we'd hear loads of people saying, "Well, if you give if you give those, it's going to be ten penalties a game." And actually, all the pundits, all the commentators, and most, really, most Palace supporters were saying, "If you do that, you can't really you can't really complain about it." So it was a, it was an outbreak of common sense from the referee, an outbreak of common sense from the from the watching public, and hopefully. That will um, benefit the, the the wider game, but it certainly benefited us, didn't it? After after fifteen minutes, Troy Troy uh, tuck it away like an absolute treat. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we get they get a goal back just for half time, um, and then up until the eighty first minute, for me it felt like that's what I thought every Watford game in the Premier League was going to be. Played well, got a goal, so they came back, and we just didn't have enough to get the final win, but we. Did Geordie? It's definitely different from the game we played against them at Vicarage Road back in the uh, in the summer. Yeah, yeah the summer. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. sunny. <laughs> it, it was sunny. Yeah, I think earlier in the season uh, they they burst our bubble a little bit. Um, they're the first team that seemed to be better than us uh, at a tactical level as, as much as anything else, like a, like a more streetwise kid. Um, uh, and obviously this time round, it, it, it's it's nice to see our progress. But obviously, Palace run a bad run as well, so it's nice to see that we were. You always, as a Watford fan, feel like, oh, the opposition's having a bad run. Guaranteed to, you know, we're going to be the ones that help them out, <laughs> uh, and and we didn't. Um, and yeah, you know, to Mike's point, it was it, it was a good decision from the referee, uh, and and it wasn't. Con- I mean, it wasn't controversial because it wasn't one of these where they're tugging each other and you're like, oh, it's unfair on the defender. It's fifth, you know, six one half done the other. It, it was a, it was a, it was a clear foul on on Dini. I guess the the kind of fear is that. Despite being on top for the first half, we only scored through a penalty. Uh, Igala had a chance to get another one, but put it over the bar like like an octopus falling over. Uh, it was very very <laughs> unigalo like, uh, and then inevitably um, Adbayor of all people, you know, nice of us to get him fit and him to, and him to repay us like that. But and there was there was like you say a fear that oh well you know that, that was our chance we should have put it to bed at two 0 That's our naivety is going to going to cost us there. 
But um, and we knew that they were going to come out in the second half, and they and they did with with Wilfred Zaha. Yeah, he went out wider. Um, bits of big things for uh, problems for for Naum. Um and they that felt like they were going to be the team to to do something. Yeah, uh, I think I think that the momentum was with them because they changed it, and you can kind of see why. In one hand, why Zaha was bought by Man United. And then the fact that he's so attacking, you can see why they sold him. Because obviously, uh, as Man United fans have complained this season, they don't like attacking very much. Uh, I did see someone say that penalty that they Barcelona scored. Um, that had it been Man United, a Rooney would have passed it to Marshall, <laughs> would have passed it to Carrick, he would have passed it to Smalling, and it would have gone back to De Gea. Uh, but um, but yeah, but we 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 ground it out, and um, that that is a sign of a team that is not lucky. That's a sign of a team that where where, where the team. The manager, they're working. They're working over the ninety minutes. They're not working to kind of score and put the game to bed and dominate because that's not realistic. They're looking to to take our chances when we get them, and I think I think we did that expertly. The goal came. the The winning goal came from a Watson whip. I'm calling them that now. He whips them in and they cause issues. They even score goals uh, from a corner, but he whipped it in uh, and Troy took it well. Uh, not perfectly, but he did take it well. Oh, not um, far off. Not far off. I think Ben Watson, what, I, he feels to me, like I said it to someone this week, he's a bonus signing. I don't think anyone expected him to be this influential or important in the Premier League. I think he's been he's going from strength to strength. A couple of people still have concerns about his dead ball delivery, um, but I think we're seeing that incrementally get better. And the other thing about his, his dead ball delivery is I know you can see what he's trying to do. You're trying to just beat the first man because then the trajectory is such that it causes absolute absolute carnage in the penalty box. So when it doesn't come off, it looks a bit naff because the, the first defender just nods it away. But when it comes off, it, it's absolutely lethal. And, and the ball in for Troy was just a, a thing of beauty. You could see almost as, as soon as it left its feet. You know, what's the game? We um, Is it a Tiger Woods golf? And if you hit it properly, it goes... <laughs> when like, the screen lights up and everything and you just know you've hit it on the sweet spot and it's just one of those that that's going to be difficult for them to deal with Troy took I think you're being a bit harsh saying he didn't take it perfectly it was um, he from... finished it well but I'd say the ball coming over I worried he just it ran down him a bit and I was oh. thinking ah. he took it I took it on his and thigh and then smashed it into the back of the net I'm not quite sure what, what you want from him but <laughs> yeah it was just a great end to a game and I think we have to there were two, two little concerns Geordie touched on on Igalo and he said he had one chance he had two um, one where he had a, it was a relatively tight angle and and Amrabat was screaming for it in the middle. I don't think it was as easy to get it across to Amrabat. There were a couple of defenders there and, and Nicky went for the shot and didn't do enough with it to get it in. And then there was the one that came across. So That was the point on our WhatsApp group that you uh, sent a message saying, what's Nigerian for pass? Indeed, yeah, <laughs> which we know is... Uh, is actually passed. Yeah. Because... I looked up the official language of Nigeria is English. <laughs> so and and Neon looked a bit dodgy as well. I don't know how well, how much that's down to the Zaha and he's very quick, very skillful. So interesting to keep a watching brief over those two. They were they were t- certainly Neon in the first half of the season. I was really excited about him and he's shown a few. Don't know. Not not. It hasn't looked as amazing in the last six weeks or so. Um, but yeah, we we just we just played that game perfectly. We that we played that game like a Premier League football team, like a Premier League football club. We soaked up the pressure when we had to. We took our chances when they arrived. The the chance that the winner came from a great bit of delivery, great bit of skill and finish from Troy, and that's all you need in the Premier League. We've been on the wrong end of it plenty of times where you've been you've kept in the game, we've kept in the game. You alluded to it, getting so close and so far, and then that little bit of quality takes it away from you. We delivered it this time, and it was an absolute joy to watch. A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end.
there's often misheard lyrics in songs. You might think that song by Bross is Drop the Boy, but it was actually the Goss Brothers um, looking to the future, and that song is Drop the Troy, which unfortunately, for Troy at least, happened a few weeks ago. Uh, he was dropped um, from the starting 11 for the game away at Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, and I, I got me thinking about that, and I thought... He was dropped last year, and I couldn't remember the game, and I, it, I looked it up, and it was the Bolton game, which was this time, literally this week, a year ago. He was sub, he came on, scored the winning goal, uh, we saw Slav go absolutely crazy for the win away at Bolton. Um, sort of solidified where at that run we were on at the time, it was a very important game. Um, he didn't score the next game, but he went on a winning a game run of six, seven games where he scored goals. He turned into the Troy Deeney we knew, knew and loved. Um, he is vital to this team still. We know what he can do, Geordie. Um, you can... Everyone's sort of paying attention to him now. Um, OK, this is going to be a bit negative. He's only scored three goals from open play. A bit worrying, is it not? Uh, no, because uh, he scores three goals for Watford, who are mid-table. And therefore, that's my worry, is Watford is not Tr- Troy Deeney's open play uh, goal ratio. He didn't score uh, until we went up and watched him at Stoke, uh, which I think was about our 12th or 13th game of the season. So you, you take those out uh, and look at it in context again of what we were trying to do at that stage of the season and how we were fiddling around the formation. Um, penalties count the same as uh, 30-yard rockets. Uh, they still got to go in, and uh, they're not harder to score, but they still need someone to take control and do it. Um, Troy is a, is a striker for us, and he's one of the two strikers who are scoring goals, but the other one is the one that scores the goals, uh, is, is the poacher. Uh, we were talking about the Palace game, uh, and Troy scoring two there, uh, and I kind of uh, said to Mike, kind of when we weren't recording, that I don't think Troy would have scored that winning goal. Uh, earlier in the season because uh, not that he was necessarily snatching at chances but we've seen him grow into his role as a Premier League uh, pretender to a Premier League established striker to the point where people are asking should he be playing, uh, get international recognition now that's going to be difficult because uh, Rooney's a shoe in Harry Kane's there uh, obviously Welbeck's come out of uh, injury and showed that he's potentially still there uh, Jamie Vardy is the uh, great white hope uh, and Theo Walcott always gets taken, even, <laughs> even when he's a 17-year-old. So, um, it, but but Troy is probably next on the list. Um, there's no one really outstanding beyond that. And if you know, f- football's just funny old game. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyone could get injured. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. We know we've got some games coming up. We England have got some games coming up. And um, if you, if you're gonna possibly maybe have to have him. If you say he's down that list and what if there are injuries, he might get picked up for those games and get his England call up. Um, but does he, Mike, for you, does he Does he make, we know he makes perfect sense for Watford and he has done for many years now. Does he make sense for you in an England setup? Well, yeah, I mean, you say we know what he means to Watford and I'm going to say you were playing devil's advocate when you were being a little bit negative there. And if you weren't, I hereby resign from the podcast (laughs) because a couple of people did pick up on that stat. Three goals from open play, eight in season. Is it enough? He does so much more than Watford. We know that. And I think we have to underline that, how important he is and how much he does to to allow Igalo to score and and to flourish. So the goal scoring thing is, is 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 a misnomer as far as I'm concerned. But it does... 
lead on to how he'd fit into England. And I think the reason that, that Troy is so successful is because he works within, well within Watford and he works well within with Igalo. And if he could take Odin Igalo with him to into to England, I think I'd have him in, in a heartbeat because you know you can see what they do. They've bullied some of the best defences in the in the in the country and in the in the world. But that you where you say that, you seem like he's only ever really been successful with Igalo, but we know you know, you, the, the, even the last few years at Watford, you know, with with Vidro and, and playing with Forestieri, he has played with many strikers and made. He's got a better. He's become a better player, and they've become yeah. better players in England because of him. But now we're measuring him against world class defenders every week, and we're seeing what you know. We're seeing what he can do because of the way he has to play. Now, if he played up on his own, we, we might see a different. We might see a different Troy. But um, so. But there's a there's a slightly different take I'm gonna I'm gonna take this on. Would he would he do well for England? Yeah, he'd give he'd give England a massive shift, um, and and the rest of the team would benefit from him him being in it. I'd love to see him in an England shirt. Absolutely love it. I'd love to see. I still get excited when a Watford player plays for anyone internationally, let alone England. And I'm sure it'll happen one of these days. But it got me thinking about a lot of people have been talking about will Troy get sold in the summer? Will Igalo get sold in the summer? And I think there's a big is a, there's a likelihood that some big offers will come in for Igalo, but what's he going to be like without Troy? What would Troy be like with vice versa? And I think so. That's, in, that's just it's worth sort of banking away, and it'll be interesting to see whether people understand just how integral both both are to each other. And they've both got their flaws. Um, you know, Troy snatched at a few chances, which perhaps they a little bit the one at Swansea when we could have could have got a point. I mean, it was a very very difficult chance. Um, Igalo, we mentioned about him not um, not passing quite as often, but again, that's his selfishness that that he delivers what he does. So they're so important as a pair to us. Well, I actually would like to hear him in England shirt for those games beforehand and the run up, but I certainly don't want to see him going out to Euros. I want to have a good summer holiday, relax, yeah. and be ready for the second season of Watford in the Premier League. We can, we can feel ourselves turning into those Man United fans who used to annoy us, saying, "Oh, I don't <laughs> want our players going playing international duty." I, I feel like that. I mean, yeah. you get protective of them, don't you? And it's it's funny how quickly we turn into the teams turned into a Premier League team, and how we're turning into Premier League fans. We are, you know, that clearly it must be a, a motivation for Troy and his improvements. Um, but that whole thing about him being dropped, you know, he, you know Kike dropped him, Slav dropped him. Um, it, do you reckon that's the only way you could motivate a man like him? I don't. I think of all the people I or footballers I might say could lack motivation. I think Troy would probably be at the bottom of the list. Um, he he's not a player who has come up, uh, you know, through the academy system, being one of these guys, been poached from like you know uh, the third world or or somewhere some some far off country and he's shipped his whole family across he he kind of came to the game relatively late uh, and has and has and has continued to progress uh, so i don't and and being people say dropped as if it's some kind of punishment you know if if we get dropped at work if <laughs> if our boss tells us off it's probably because we've done something wrong if but there's only 11 players on the pitch if if Kike's saying we're going to play against spurs who are probably one of the form teams of the at the moment I don't want to drop Igalo because if we get half a chance, he's, that's where my money is. But I want to put five across the midfield. I want to have four defenders. Then Troy doesn't fit in that. And it's not that... It was, I mean, yeah, Troy has played on the wing. Dice used to play him out on the wing when he first arrived. <laughs> you know, uh, or, when, or Malky, whoever it was back then. But I don't think I don't think being dropped and I don't think being dropped is a punishment. I don't think he's done anything but he, wrong. He, he's a man, though. I think I know we've had one evening with him. I don't know the man that well. 
um, but you know his story, and it, he sort of seems to be motivated by proving himself. I think so, yeah. And I think there was an interview this week that he did, I think it was in WD Sport, wasn't he? He said he trained angry after the Tottenham game. I think he felt he had a point to prove. He He's the club captain. He's very proud. He sees football as his job. Uh, and he wants to be out there. He's, in that respect, a kind of old-fashioned footballer. He's not one of these guys who's happy to pick up his wages, although obviously he is because he's, yeah. he's got a Bentley to pay off now <laughs> and all those all those trainers. Um, but, yeah, he wants to be playing football. And I think if I was a footballer, I'd, it, the day you you um, you don't want to be out there on the pitch and you're, you're, it, it's the day you give up. And there's a scale of that. And as Geordie said, he is not one. He would, and he's the exact opposite. He'll be angry. He'll be cross. He'll be upset that he was dropped slash rested, whichever way you want to do it. And I think your original question is an interesting one, John. Did Kike do it as a motivational tactic, or is that was that a byproduct of the way he wanted to play at Tottenham? And because there was a little bit of floating around before the Spurs game, was he ill? Was there an injury? Um, perhaps that was just people scratching their head, putting two and two together, and getting six hundred because. Troy is Troy and you expect him to see first on the team sheet. So it's a fascinating one and it caught everyone's imagination a little bit. But the, the best thing about it, as with most things, is the reaction. And he got everyone got the reaction they wanted. Kike got the reaction we wanted. The team got the reaction they wanted. And, and perhaps just as importantly, Troy gave the reaction that he would have wanted to give. So everyone's a winner. Whether it was by luck or judgment, I don't know. I don't think we have to worry about motivating Troy Deeney. He knows where he wants to be. He wants to be scoring goals in the Premier League for Watford. He's doing it. Igalo, oh, always believe in your soul. You got the power to know you're indestructible. Always believe in Igalo, oh. You're listening to From the Rookery End. Watford returning to the FA Cup on Saturday, home to Dirty Leeds United. Unfortunately, I can't say the word Leeds without saying dirty before it. Oh, I just did. Um, but before we get onto the, the actual game itself, um, interesting today that the, the report's coming out that the FA Premier League uh, are discussing about the future of the, uh, the FA Cup. It's clearly lost a little bit of magic, um, apart from the first Saturday in the uh, third round, I think. The they're going to make it midweek is one thing, and they're going to get rid of replays. Um, I don't want to talk about the romance and hey, how it helps all these little clubs from down below because we're Premier League now, Mike. <laughs> we got the money. I don't care. But w- would you prefer that? Would that be a good thing for Watford to make those changes? The FA Cup. First of all, you've changed, man. <laughs> you've changed, and it, and I disagree that the the romance has gone. And I disagree. It's it's less important because it is still. A magnificent cup because there is it's just more of a slow burner now but we're in the fifth round and there is a bit of excitement around it so yeah I'm going to take you to task there I'm afraid Mr Mooney um, but these changes interesting I think they're coming from a good place they're positive and they're I think they're being done for the right reason I like one I don't like the other which one do you like which one don't you like I don't like let's get the negative one out of the way first I don't like the midweek only um, I think that's marginalising it. Um, one of the best things about the FA Cup, you always get big away followings. We went to Nottingham Forest a couple of weeks ago. Um, we'll see a, a big following from Leeds on, on Saturday. It's a day out. Um, it, you can go without worrying about the league. If you're down the bottom, you can forget about relegation. If you're at the top, you can you can forget about challenging for the title. It's a special day out, FA Cup day. So if you're if it's midweek only, and Watford are away at Leeds, for example. He's going to halve at least the, the amount of people who are able to go. You still want to go, but we're sitting here, we work, Everyone, a lot of people listening at work or students, so on and so on. So you're going to make it very, very difficult to, for the away following. 
I do like getting rid of replays because I think we'll all accept that there is enough football. There is enough football to see whether it's your own club or other teams. So let's just get it done. If you're drawn away, so be it. Go and you know what you've got to go and do. So it makes it easier for the easier for the clubs, and I think it will make it easier for them to commit because they know there's only going to be a maximum of of 90 minutes, perhaps plus extra time, but they don't have to worry about another game. So 50-50 on that. But I'm glad that they're looking to, to take positive steps. Just don't want them to fiddle with it too much, like, like they did with the Europa League. They ruined the Cup Winners' Cup and the UEFA Cup. They've they've turned it into an into a NAF competition. That doesn't need to happen with the FA Cup. The sparkle is still there, whatever you say, Mooney. Um, so, yeah, let's do a little bit of finessing, but the replay thing, great. Um, because the trouble, though, of course, Geordie, is when Watford qualify for Europe... That's the the future that Jason has given to us last week on the on the podcast. Um, do you? I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you know this either. Are we the only country that's got two domestic cups? They don't have. They only have one in Spain, don't they? And one in Italy. Yeah, I think they. I think they do. I think we only had one for a long, long time yeah. until I think Alan Hardacre brought in the uh, the League Cup and or the Milk Cup, mm. as uh, as it is, depending on when you grew up with the Rumblows Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's probably good reasons for it, and for the size of country we are, we have got a lot of clubs. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of towns that have two, two at least. Um, whereas in other countries, you know, I think uh, the way the football evolved a little bit later, uh, and was perhaps more thought about the way it, way it evolved. Um, so maybe they just needed to bring a, an extra cup in in the '60s to kind of give it a bit more excitement. Uh, well, I wonder if it came in because of the the the. Um the League Cup came in because of football, football or England football being banned from Europe. I can't think the timeline of it. I just can't no, think it's why. It started in the sixties, did it? it in the 60s. Yeah, the League Cup. I think the League Cup started in the sixties, and things like Swindon won it. In, uh, uh, and I think it might it might have been because if you look back like, to Real Madrid winning the uh, all the Europe all the European Cups in the fifties, the English teams weren't in it. We didn't go to the first few World Cups. International football wasn't what it is now with the with the, the ease of travel and the ease of broadcast and the commercialisation of it. It still had maximum wages for players and whatnot. So I think the League Cup probably had a role at the time. Now it clutters up the fixture list to an extent, uh, but you can't get rid of it because it's there. Uh, and the FA Cup is now having to kind of jostle for its position. And, you know, to Mike's point, I agree, getting rid of the replays would be great because um, it means it probably means teams go for it more. Uh, and it, even if teams don't go for it and defend because they're looking to be a giant killer, they know it's going to be decided on the day. Um, the midweek one, I kind of agree at first with what Mike says. And I think if you if you could mix it up, like the, th- the third round, you'd win it on a Saturday because that's the that's the chance for the the, the, you know, the teams to get around and, and, and the, the magic of the cup and the beauty of all that. But sometimes the midweek games are the most exciting games uh, under the lights. You could almost make it something a bit special in that sense. Now, if you're a championship club, you've got midweek games constantly so uh, or if you're a league club uh, for, for for the Premier League we don't get many midweek games so I wonder how that would change and how Premier League fans would approach it so I think putting in midweek you're either going to get amazing games or you're going to get no away no away fans no one wanted to pay for a Premier League ticket that isn't included on their season ticket uh, and, and really awful games it's almost I think the midweek thing could polarise it massively but I think like Mike that one I'm on the fence about but getting rid of replays Seems to make sense. What it could do is because American football have got Monday night football and it's it's like an institution, couldn't it? If it could be sort of you know it's Wednesday night cup night and it if, but it could go two ways and I, I just worry. Um, but what I would say about that, um, you talk about the magic of the cup this weekend. Shrewsbury are playing Manchester United. I mean, what um, we're spoiled. We we have to remember that we've had so many good memories in our in our you know thirty years really between us. We've been watching the club and we've seen so much stuff. 
Shrewsbury, Colchester, Trent, you know, all these other clubs of a similar size. They've got nothing like the excitement we've had. So a game against Manchester United is will will be amazing for them. And I don't, and I don't mean that in a patronising way. I live in Chesham. Chesham United had Bristol Rovers and Bradford. This this tournament throws up genuinely, and it does get overused, but genuinely magical moments. And it's we must, as football supporters, recognise that and protect it. From the rookery end, Watford are in the. The FA Cup could easily go through because um, we're playing Leeds United. Not easily. <laughs> anyway, but I say here's the thing, Mike. We're on 36 points at the moment. Four off the technically what you know 40 would make us yeah. pretty safe, but actually 36 on many seasons would also make us make us safe. Um, would you take a trip to Wembley? Yeah. And Watford finish 15th, but with a couple of odds for the rest of the season. What, a couple of us being it sort of close to yeah, the relegation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I want us to do well in the FA Cup. We're going to pick. Yeah. Okay. So Wembley as in the final. Yeah, 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 definitely final. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're in the cup competition. We want to win it. We want to win it. Um, I think we've got. Um, we're at a point now where we can go for it. It'll be interesting, very, very interesting to see see what Team Kike puts out on Saturday against Leeds and how how strong he goes. Um, but yeah, we've got. We're in the tournament now. We've come this far. I always think you know, it, losing in later stages of cup tournaments is really bad. God, he's played so many games, he's had so much excitement <laughs> on the way, and all of a sudden it's over. But um, yeah, definitely, yeah. We, this is where we need to be, I think, as Watford Football Club. Now, the squad's getting bigger. We're getting better. We spoke earlier about us being a Premier League football team. Part of that is 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 being competitive in in this cup tournament. So um, yeah, I'd absolutely. We've got to go for it. I want to see us at Wembley. I was jesting about about that in, in many ways, um, but I do want. I'm not saying they're easy leads. They're 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 a championship club. Um, yes, they are below us in the pyramid, but it, the, the, you know the, the, the differences are there. But in 90 minutes, it doesn't matter. Um, Geordie, we went to Forest and we saw a different Watford side. Lots of changes. Um, do you think it'll be similar? What, okay, let's let's play. Put your Kike mask on. Um, Kike. Oh, that's an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can even do with a bit of Spanish accent if you like, because I know you, you're quite good at that. Uh, who would be in your uh, starting 11 on, on Saturday to be successful, yeah. but maybe give some chances to the to the fringe players? Uh, I'd have, uh, I'm going to do it in my own voice. <laughs> right? Because my, mm. my, my wife will hear this and she'll go, why are you taking a piss out of Spaniards? <laughs> Uh, and then I won't get any dinner, which would probably actually be quite good for my waistline. Um, I'll, I'll start with Bridget Jones in goal. <laughs> A.K.A. Big Pants. Uh, the Cutmeister, Costell. Um, there, was, there was a guy who, um, who was particularly religious and refused to play on the Sabbath. Uh, and I wonder if... Um, Pantelimon's got the same kind of thing with the league because he's, <laughs> he's he's always he's a, he's a, he's the the cup keeper isn't he he's not he's never he's not like one of these like Richard Wright goalies who disappear and you oh, is he still playing and like, he's just been on the bench for like seven years getting splinters he actually plays but he plays in the cups um, so he's a cup specialist and um, so him uh, right back Paredes mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't get uh, what was the Academy Award nomination or BAFTA for his uh, for his Costa <laughs> performance. But uh, I think I think he he deserves a chance for redemption. Um, 
and we've kind of discussion. Neom had a little bit of a mm. uh, a dip, and I think that that isn't a one off just because of heart. I think he has dipped, as Mike alluded to, from his early season uh, form. So give him a little bit of a break. Um, Holobas, for the same reasons, hasn't you know, keep him sharp, keep him interested, uh, give Aki a rest. Why why risk him? Uh, Prodal. Um, probably because if we're playing against the uh, sounds like snobbish playing against a championship team might be knocking it long uh, you know <laughs> it, it might as well have Thor at centre back um, to, to, to and, and why would you risk a Uruguayan against dirty leads <laughs> that's, that's bound to end in bloodshed um, and then Cathcart because um, I think Kike spent a long time practising the spelling and now uh, doesn't want to leave him off the team sheet in case he forgets how to do it because he's, he's a stalwart um, midfield. What are we looking at midfield? Are you going to do something crazy with five midfield to close it down? Or are you going to? What are you going to do? Uh, well, this is what I'm going to do uh, because okay, the midfield. You need to explain the defence. Paredes and Holobas give us the opportunity to have wing backs, uh, and I think we need to take the game forward to Leeds. Uh, so, so I want to play attacking fullbacks, which means we've got Prodo and Cathcart in the middle, and therefore we need one of the central midfielders to be able to drop back uh, into into and cover that kind of almost like a three man defence. So. General Watson, uh, <laughs> yeah. obviously, he has to play. Magic of the Cup, he scored the winning goal in the Cup final, yeah. so he stays. I think Suarez uh, plays too, because he's kind of more of a defensive type midfielder. Gives us a chance to rest um, Kapu, who I think, you know, in fairness, probably needs a bit of a rest or, or deserves a rest. Uh, Gerardo in the middle, mm-hmm. um, which is like Malcolm in the middle. For, <laughs> I was going to call it Gerardo in the middle, and hopefully it will kind of... Uh, Kind of, it will kind of permeate Kike's. Uh, I know he listens to the podcast quite religiously. Uh, it'll permeate his um, his consciousness, uh, and then kind of who else? Abdi, um, for the sake of it, because it's you know because always you bring in Guadura and stuff. But I think Abdi still needs. Okay, so that that was always, I was, I was wait, there's two two names I was interested in in, in who you're going to pick. One was going to be um, uh, Guardiola, or was it going to be um, Anya? Well, we'll come to that. Um, so my thinking then is you've got Watson or, or uh, Suarez can drop off and cover that little bit in defence. So you can play with Harad on the left and Abdi on the right and, and stick to our normal four. But you can also have Watson, um, Suarez and Abdi as a three with Harado in front. So it allows us to adapt uh, for those people who um, realise you can't, you don't realise you can adapt during the game. This is an example where you can do it. And then up front, um, Troy, because I don't think... Um, I don't think he'd take too kindly to uh, to being dropped twice in, uh, in in a fortnight. Uh, we can't have Bross on the podcast again next week. So. Yeah, Jason wants his CDs back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, up front uh, with Dini Amrabat, it gives Igalo a chance to uh, to rest. And it means that if we then want to put Dini up front on his own, we've got Amrabat on the wing, Gerardo and stuff. It gives us a lot of chance to... To to, to 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 test things that we all want to go through, but I think this is a, a chance to to test where we're going to be the team that's doing the attacking. Uh, on the bench, Anya, who's close to starting and can pretty cover anyone on the wings or fullbacks, and I hope he gets a run out because he needs to keep him you know entertained. Ulare on the bench, um, if if we're doing well, I think people are a little bit hard on on him. I know I know it was expensive and people say six million and then people say not six million. It was a lot less than that. Uh, and obviously, when Watford spent money, any money on a player, any seven figure, he had to come in and be the best player on the pitch. Mm. I think when you're a championship team, I think Ross McCormack's an example of this, and Jordan Rhodes, the kind of players you can get for big money are different to the kind of players you get for big money when you're a, a, an established premiership team, which is where we want to be. And we're buying for the future. 
So I, I don't think we need to write Olari off just yet. And I like the fact you put him on the bench. He can come on rather than what was the first round, the third round game against uh, Newcastle where he started and almost felt like that could have been damaging, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, Guadura and Igalo on the bench, potentially. If uh, Guadura more than Igalo, arguably. But Igalo, in case we want to bring him on. Uh, I think I think Berghaus needs to basically take Kike's shirts home and iron them, do whatever he can do. <laughs> uh, just basically curry favour because I think this is, he's... I was surprised he didn't go out on loan mm. uh, because I didn't see him really featuring this season and just to get some kind of miles in his legs. He's obviously a decent player, but he's not as young as Ulari. And that's my... Is, is he just a bad buy or is he someone who's going to come good in the way that lots of players have come good eventually after a, a relatively bad start? But he hasn't... Think about that coming good. Uh, c- could he? Yes, maybe. But he hasn't had the time. Well, this is it. It's, it's like I mean, people like Barbo, they cut loose. They kind of said, it ain't going to work for you, fella. Off you go. Um, Berghaus, because he's, he's our player, he's not on loan. Mm. Maybe they're thinking, you know, he just needs, something needs to sw- happen off the field. Something needs to happen to him as a, as a person rather than as a player. He just needs to just flip a switch. And when he gets the confidence, he'll be amazing. Who knows? The thing with Berghaus is who would he come in for? Where would he come in mm. in, this, in this squad? And that's... That's kind of the beauty of it, and also the difficulty of it as well. But but listening to to that, you run through the the squad, Geordie, there for the FA Cup is it's kind of the it kind of goes where we are at with the Premier League and and the FA Cup. How good is it that we can rest some players, bring others in, and still be squad, still be an incredibly strong team, and and hopefully be be at least a match for for Leeds. But also it it, it helps, doesn't it? So people like Ilari, it's given going to give them a a chance, and it's it gives them development. So it's not just um, about winning the game and not just about get, resting some players, but it's actually advancing the squad as well. So it's like a real, real bonus. And this is an example of how cup competitions dealt with properly can be a massive, massive bonus and a massive help to a season. And there's no reason that they shouldn't be um, like a real, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a, a, another sort of um, bit of our, our weaponry, you know, just to help move the squad along. We've got a big squad. And I will the caveat is we've been very very lucky with injuries touching touching wood, we haven't had to sort of chop and change too much because of injuries or, or suspension again chopping wood because we're playing t- touching chopping wood. Chopping wood. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a lumberjack shirt you're wearing there, Mike. Yeah, um, touching wood, um, which opposed to touching cloth, which I am most weeks watching watching Watford. Sorry, sorry if you have in your in your dinner, but you should know better better by now. Um, so it's it's just it's just hugely encouraging. It just everything sort of reaffirms how well everything's moving into position. Now, of course, what will happen now? We'll go and lose against Leeds on Saturday. We'll have two injuries, uh, and we'll we'll spend the rest of the season uh, scrapping around for the final four points. But as it stands, it's just really really good, and it just feels like Watford are doing things right. Under Kike, they're doing things right. Under Scott and the Pozzos, they're doing things right. Um, there are a couple of players who, who haven't had a look in. That might be because they're bad buys. Or it might be that just everyone else is doing so bloody well that there's no point bringing them in. You don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, so, yeah, just I just want us to come and... D- d- decent, decent performance against Leeds. It's going to be so difficult. They'll bring... We all know that Leeds take a million supporters with them wherever they go. Um, they'll be really, really noisy. Um an opportunity for some Watford players to really show what they've got and just yeah, a real opportunity to just keep the momentum going and turn this season from a good one already 
well, it's a great one already, but into something truly, truly memorable. Uh, the magic of the FA Cup is surely going to arrive at Vicarage Road on Saturday. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you uh, keep following us on our various different outlets, uh, particularly on Instagram, where Geordie has started a brand new series of uh, of uh, pictures. Uh, Retro Hornets, you might have seen his uh, Watford players he, uh, he uh, retroed um, uh, last year and started one with, uh, with an international flavour, isn't it, Geordie? Yeah, I just got a bit annoyed watching uh, the match of the day comments and ignoring us completely, despite Alan Shearer. Um, set, Alan Shearer never sets anyone up, but he set up Lineker and Hodgson to talk about our players and, and they ignored it. So I just you know, yeah, stuck uh, Watson and Deeney into the England 86 squad. Uh, if time permits, I might do some of the other players because we have now got an international team. Yeah. Um, so that, that's on there, but uh, also make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter at Watford Podcast uh, and find us on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com forward slash rookery end uh, thank you very much for listening uh, my name I've been John and uh, with me has been Geordie yep Good night. and uh, Michael that's me come on you golden boys do not scratch your ears you're listening to From the Rookery End